The Beat Church, bringing you messages of inspiration, hope, and freedom. Turn up the volume and get ready for the truth that will set you free. So now we're going to jump into the Word, and uh, we have three speakers today, and we're going to do that all month long. Uh, We're just going to do three, three, three. We're calling it uh, GX3, so gratitude times three. We're going to bring three people, and they're going to just share on gratitude. So get your notes out. This is going to be both a combination of the Word and also experience from their own life following Jesus and how they get themselves into a, a place of living in gratitude and how they walk that out and what the impact is on their life. So the first person up today is going to be Lucas, and so come on up, Lucas, and we are doing this, uh, everybody gets uh, 10 minutes, and so there's a timer up there on the screen, there's also an alarm right here, it's kind of like a game show, okay, if anybody, if the alarm goes off and somebody hasn't moved off stage, then uh, Kyle on the right and Jacob on the left, storm the stage and they roll them off, amen, so that's how it works, uh, so I will start you up and you're ready to go. All right. Well, this took me 11 minutes and 20 seconds last time, so we'll see how this goes. <laughs> I'll just get ready for the tackle. Um, well, cool. I love Thanksgiving. This is my favorite holiday, uh, favorite time of the year. Some people skip over it for Christmas. I saw Courtney's post about that. It says, we don't skip it. We just decorate all the way up to Thanksgiving, then celebrate that, and then we move on to Christmas, which now I have no more excuse for because that was the most logical thing I've ever seen. But um, jumping into Thanksgiving, I want to talk about living a life of uh, gratefulness um, and how, what that looks like and how we can apply it to our lives. But I want to start off by sharing a, a short story about when I was five years old. This is long before I was a Christian, um, but it was the first time I can, looking back at it, first time I can think about this is the image of God. Uh, so I was five years old, and we're getting ready for a wedding. My family, so my brother, myself, and my mom and dad. And anyone ever been to a wedding, right? A lot of people. It's um, it sounds fun, but it's like super stressful, especially when you have like little kids. When you're just going to attend and eat the food and celebrate, it's like we gotta look good. We gotta get the kids out the door. They have to look good. We gotta smile. Oh my gosh, so hard, especially with me as a kid. You, you guys, oh, that's rough. Um, but um, when I was younger, when I was five years old. We were going to a wedding. And um, I was already ready. I just threw my tux on, went out the door, and I started riding my big wheel tricycle down the street. My, my parents are getting ready. My mom's doing her makeup. Dad's getting his tie up all fixed up and whatnot. And I'm driving down the street on my little tricycle, my big wheel, and I hear my dad whistle. Anyone's like parents, you can like notice them by their whistle or by just the yell. You're just like, oh, okay, got to go. Exactly. Where's my dad? No, I'm just kidding. So I'm down the street. I hear that whistle, and I'm like, oh, got to go. So I beeline straight back. And I'm just going as fast as I can, driveways approaching, and I need to turn in real quick. But who's ever seen the movie Cars, the Pixar movie Cars, right? Yeah, no, this is very relatable right here. Um, Lightning McQueen, first time he ever races Doc on dirt. Remember what happened when he had to turn left? What happened? Just, yeah, straight off the end. That's exactly what I did. I'm on my big wheel tricycle. It's a plastic wheel on pavement. So I tried to rip it in real quick, and I just kept going straight. Well, we lived in a neighborhood where street, uh, you know, on the streets, on the curbs, the cars are parked. And I just so happened to be five years old, eye level with a bumper. So <laughs> me and a bumper had a really good chat, um, unfortunately. 
And, you know, my dad finally getting out the door, mom's ready and everything. They're on a, they're on a time schedule, right? They're trying to be punctual to this wedding. Next thing you know, I'm screaming, laying on the pavement. And, you know, you try to look nice, you try to look good, everyone's smiling, look pretty, and I was not. <laughs> I was dirty, laying on the pavement, bleeding from my face, and screaming. <laughs> so why do I tell that story? It's fun. I love it. That wasn't fun. Sorry, that's not true. But I love the story because what did my dad do? He didn't come over screaming, hey, thanks for adding another stressful thing to my day. I'm sitting there like, oh, I need help. I'm crying. And my dad comes and picks me up, right? He loves on me. He wipes me off. He cleans me up. And that's what I love about that. I'm super grateful that I have a God that does the same thing. It's the first image that I can think of looking back in life of what God does. So when we've been so dirty walking in our life of sin and whatnot, he comes over. We just, the moment we say, okay, I can't do it by myself, just put our arms up and he picks us up. He takes us in. He doesn't like scold us or push us away. He cleans us up. He, he picks us up and dusts us off and loves on us and holds us. So I'm super grateful as we continue into a, a life of thanksgiving or gratefulness for God. I'm grateful that we serve a God that does that for us. And then fast forward. So that was when I was five. Going into my teenage years, I called this BC Lucas because this is before I was a Christian, so before Christ, Lucas, I was living in a life of sin. Hello? Okay. Living in a life of sin, um, just doing things on my own, by myself, without God. And so, um, you know, I was wicked. I was doing things I shouldn't have been doing, hanging around people I shouldn't have been around, listening to things I shouldn't have been. Everyone has. So that was BC me. And, you know, Romans 3.23 says that everyone has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So that was me, but I want you to think about you for a second. So I actually want to do a little exercise where we're all just going to close our eyes. Um, we're just going to close our eyes for a second and think about who you were before Christ. Just keep that image. Think about the things that you were doing. Think about the people that you were around. Um, so even, and if you grew up in church and there wasn't a BC, you think about the time that you walked away from Christ or pushed him away. So keep your eyes closed. Think about that for a second. When you were trying to do things on your own, when you were robbed of joy because of that, when life without Christ or Jesus, uh, you felt alone. Even though you were surrounded by people, you felt alone. So keep that image in your head. Think about the things that you were doing. And then think about this. Listen to this with your eyes closed. Romans 5, 6 through 8 says, When we were helpless... Christ came at just the right time and died for us as sinners. So with that image of you before Christ, now picture this, Jesus on the cross, beaten, bruised, broken, bloody, whipped, crown of thorns, spit on, mocked, and naked, hanging there for the things that you did without him. Picture that for a moment. I am thankful for this. Because Christ removed all those things in my life and in your life. He removed those things by doing that one act of dying on the cross for you. Now, you can open your eyes, but that's what relationship is like. So instead of following in the Old Testament 600-plus laws and 10 commandments, he said, here's relationship. I'll die for that. I'll remove all of that so you can have a relationship with me. So I'm thankful that we get to serve a God who would die for our sins like that. And 1 Chronicles 16, 8, it says, Give thanks to the Lord, proclaim his greatness, let the whole world know what he has done. So when you were thinking about BCU for a second, before Christ, all these things that you were doing in life, just think about what he's done 
and say, okay, now I get to go tell the world of the goodness. You know, I repented. I am saved. I'm a co-heir of the kingdom. Other people need to know this. So now you get to go proclaim that to the rest of the world. So give thanks to the Lord, proclaim his greatness, and let the world know what he has done. So you get to tell the world that God, or tell the world of God what he did in your life. So how can we live a grateful life? So if you actually want to jump into the Bible, if you have your Bible with you or the app, go ahead and open it up. We're going to read a couple verses. We're going to flip to Psalm 51, verse 10 through 17. We're going to read through that. And I'm just going to preface this while you guys are finding that right now. This is after David had committed adultery. He was caught in adultery. This is when the prophet Nathan had come and caught him in adultery. Um, And this is his prayer to God. As we read through this, and I'm going to read it out for us. Um, So verse 10, so Psalms 51, 10 through 17, it says, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. And I'll pause right there. He's saying, remind me of the day I first met you and the joy that I felt, that you removed the rest of those things that I had done and called me into the kingdom. So we're going to continue, verse 13, then I will teach your ways to the rebels and they will return to you. So now that's what we're talking about. Proclaim to the world what God has done and they will return to him. So verse 14, forgive me for shedding blood, O God who saves then I will, sorry, then I will joyfully sing of your forgiveness. And here's a dangerous prayer. Unseal my lips, O Lord, that my mouth may praise you. Verse 16 through 17 here, do not, or you do not desire a sacrifice or I would have offered one. You don't want a burnt offering. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O God. Isn't that insane that he will not turn away from you when you're broken, when you put your arms up to him and say, I need you. He's not going to turn away. And so what does that look like in our life? That's obviously David's prayer to him. But for us, you know, after we repent, life may not be easy still. It may still be really hard, but we have a hope now. So whatever your struggle is, maybe it's financially, you're looking for a job, you don't have a car, you don't have a house. Those are really tough things to swallow, even as a believer, but you don't have to do it alone. We can say, God, I'm thankful for an opportunity to completely rely on you, to completely realize I can't do this on my own. I've tried and I've failed. And you put your arms up to him and say, help me. You know, and that's what's so awesome. As I close it up here, that's what the scripture says is that God feeds the birds of the sky. And how much more does he care about you? So that's what it's like to live a life of gratefulness to me is saying, no matter what, I'm grateful that God will bring me through everything he's brought me this far. And how much more will he continue to do? Awesome. We'll roll that over to Madison in case she needs it. He's like, look, I have a minute and 15 left. We're going to roll it over. It's like rollover minutes on the old, pay, old cell phones, how they used to do that. Anybody remember that? Rollover minutes? Oh, my goodness. All right, Madison, come on up. That's a great word, Lucas. Thank you for that. And uh, Madison, are you ready? Now, Madison, I will tell you this. Madison's such a trooper. My wife was supposed to be number two. And because she's home with Kira, I actually called, what was it, like 4 o'clock yesterday? I, like, messaged her, like, yesterday night. I'm like, hey. Do you want to share a word tomorrow? She's like, what? 
So she's. So I am thankful that Madison is Johnny on the spot today. She's ready to go. Let's give her a hand and. There you go. Um, yes, good work, Lucas. Um, and I am going to talk a little bit of before Christ, Madison. Um, but yeah, when Pastor Andy asked me this yesterday, I was just like, mm, I don't know, I don't know. But his word was, "You live this out," and that was so inspiring to me. And. That is not who I used to be. I did not used to be a thankful person. Um, I did not used to live in an attitude of gratitude. And so the fact that I, you know, am changed through Christ um, is amazing. And so, um, yeah, four years ago, I was an addict. I was um, abusing drugs. I was abusing my family. Um, my daughter was actually abused by her father, her earthly father, and I was going through a lot in life, and I was struggling. Um, and because I had, you know, just been living in sin so much, my, my family was like, we're done. You need to leave. <laughs> and so four years ago, I was kicked out by my mother, by my father, and me and my two kids were homeless. And, man, if you're talking about being low, <laughs> that was low. Um, but thankfully, I had an encounter with God right before this happened, and God walked me through this whole, this whole experience of being homeless, and he set me on a path of righteousness. Um, so, yeah, my journey started low. I was low, and I needed, had a lot of wants. Um, and so me and my kids in my car, uh, we had been in there for an hour, and my daughter's already like, there's no room, we can't live in here, and I was just like, oh my gosh, Lord this cannot be a reality, like what? <laughs> and so we were in my car for one hour, God opened a door. I never once slept in my car. I was homeless, but not homeless. God gave me a, a, a bed to sleep in, he gave me food. Um, and it was truly because I, I said I wasn't gonna cry. <laughs> um, it was truly because I kept coming to, I just kept thanking God for the little things. The fact I even had a vehicle to get me to and from, get my kids to school, um, to the grocery store. Um, thankful for the friends that he put in my life to, to, you know, give me a bed to sleep in or a couch to lay on. And the fact I even had my children, you know, the, re the reality that they weren't taken from me in those moments, um, but that they were able to live that out so that, in the future, they can have a heart of gratitude so that they can know um, when people are in positions of, you know, destitution and um, despair and, you know, that they can say, hey, I've been there. We walked that out and I can love you through that. Um, so some of the verses I wanted to share was um, the first one, Philippians 4.6. Um, goodness, if I can read. <laughs> um it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts. I'm sure you guys know that verse. I lived that out. I lived it out in, you know, being homeless. Like, that was a terrible situation, but the reality was I had to accept that I got myself there. It was my sins. Um, and, you know... God's forgiveness helped me move through this. I had to really take a hard look at my life and the fact that I had used and abused not just my body, not just my family, but 
God's love. You know, I had walked away from him. I had turned away from him. Um, and I'm so thankful that I get to pray and God listens to my prayers, that I can come to him with a heart of gratitude and just say, hey, thank you for the shoes on my feet. Thank you for, you know, <laughs> water in my cup. And um, the second verse is just a little further down in Philippians. Um, and it says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concerns for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. Um, and I don't think it's that God didn't have an opportunity to show me that he was concerned for me. I couldn't see it. I was so blind by my sin and just living in the world that I couldn't see God's concern for me. Um, but it says, thank you for showing me your concern for me. It's not to say this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content with whatever the circumstance. I know that what it, I know what it is to need, and I know what it is to have plenty. And I have learned the secrets. I have learned the secret of being content in every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or want. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Um, so that's just an awesome verse for me. It's an anchor verse for me because, um, yeah, coming out of homelessness, um, thankfully my sister opened her doors to me and we um, were staying with her and I was able to kind of get back on my feet. And through lots of prayer and telling my, my parents that I was sorry, um, they bought me an RV. So I wasn't homeless, you know, but was that what I wanted? No, <laughs> but I wasn't homeless. And so I just remember being in this RV, crying out to God, saying, hey, this is not what I want, but I'm so thankful for it. Lord, what is next? Um, and in this RV park that I lived in, I didn't, I didn't have a job. Um, I didn't know how I was going to pay rent in two weeks. Um, and God actually put me in a position, in a place where there was a job waiting for me. I went to the um, front office and they were saying, hey, oh, you're not working? We have a job for you. And so God literally took me from homelessness put me in a place, gave me a job, gave me a home, and um, yeah, and it, I wouldn't have gotten there if I hadn't just found the gratitude in my heart to say thank you, Lord. Um, okay, and then the last verse is um, Thessalonians 1, or 1 Thessalonians verse 16 through 18. So it says, rejoice always, pray continuously, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Um, so rejoice. Be grateful that God has put you here in this time, in this place, for you to love on people around you, for you to, you know, just be able to pray for him for these situations that are hard you know, homelessness or cancer or divorce or, you know, pray to God, be thankful in the moments that you're struggling. Um, and then it says, you know, give him thanks again for all things, all circumstances. Um, and I will end on this kind of what set me on the projection of moving into my apartment because I'm no longer in the RV. Praise Jesus. Amen. I am a community group leader. Praise Jesus. <laughs> Because I have an apartment, because God, you know, is continuing to lift me up, and um, it's all through gratitude. Um, 
yeah, I, I, my life was getting back on track. I had a job. I was getting caught up on all my bills, and I was feeling great. I had just renewed my car insurance, and I wrecked into a cop. <laughs> I literally <laughs> wrecked into a cop car. I totaled my car. I totaled this police officer's car. And so the old me would have just been, like, so distraught, so hard on myself, like, you're, you know, all these things, probably not been able to recover, not been able to ask for help, not been able to trust God that there was a light at the end of the tunnel after (laughs) wrecking into a cop, getting two tickets, and not having a vehicle, and just being like, oh my Lord, what? Um, But because, and it was right before Christmas, um, wrecked into this cop car, um, and I was like, well, there goes all our Christmas money, and instead of just being like distraught, um, God actually Also, silver lining, um, our kids got Christmas presents (laughs) because I wrecked into a cop car. The, yeah, blue Santa, like, got us Christmas presents, and it was through the church that I was getting baptized at. And so God just, like, ties all of these things together, Um, but you're not going to see it if you're blinded, you know, by just the trials of life, you know? Just be thankful for the fact that God is going to love you in the depths of your circumstances. He's going to show up for you um, and just set you on a path um, of righteousness if you choose to follow him. So um, rejoice, pray, and be thankful. So now you know how to get Christmas presents if you need Don't them. Don't do it. Don't do it. Go crash into a cop car. The light at the end of the tunnel was blue and red, and it was flashing. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Wow. Uh, That's awesome. That's been a fun journey to watch. Uh, I brought these with me today. Uh, Listen. Hear that? That was fantastic. These are my Christmas turkeys. Um, or chickens, whatever they might be. They're pretty ugly. So I got these because my wife uh, does home organizing professionally. She helps people get rid of stuff that they don't want to own anymore. Sometimes it winds up at our house. And so these got brought to our house, and of course, quickly they would go away. Um, The only problem is that before we could get rid of them, uh, our three-year-old found them. And so we spent the rest of the day with these. Uh, we put them in a wagon. We took them on a walk to the park. We took them down the slide, as you can imagine, all the way down the slide and on the swings and all this stuff. We, we did all this. And once we got totally exhausted and it was time for bed, we went upstairs, and I said, all right, it's time to go to bed. And kid you not, where's our chickens? I said, the chickens are going to bed. We need to snuggle with them. So we climbed in bed with two of these guys and tried to snuggle ourselves to sleep with squeakies. But what's interesting about these guys, and I kept them, I've actually had them in my office for a couple of months because they're a reminder that, I mean, no matter what, however you move them, however you turn them, right, they just start squeaking. You don't even have to squeeze them. They just do that. Okay, why? Because that's what's inside of them, right? This is what, they're just made with squeakies. So whatever you do, guess what happens? Squeak comes out. Put a little pressure on them, right? It's a squeak that comes out, right? If they get shaken, it's a squeak that comes out. Okay, no matter what, why? Because that's what's inside. Isn't that obnoxious? Isn't that horrible? 
Imagine if you listen to this on the podcast and you're trying to listen to your car and it's like, <laughs> so whoever that is on the podcast, bless you for listening to this rest of this message. But this is kind of really representative of ourselves and how we can be. I'm going to read you a verse, okay, that's going to explain this. And this is about gratitude. This is in Luke 6.45, and this is Jesus. You know, when Jesus speaks, we should listen, right? For sure. I mean, the whole word, but especially Jesus. This is like God in the flesh talking to us. It says, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of, of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. Yeah, that's one translation. Here's another one. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Okay, in other words, what's coming out of here, right, where did it start, according to this verse? It started right here, okay? So if you're around somebody, and it seems like every time you're around them, this is going on, mad about, paint, agitation, obnoxiousness, something that they're stressed about, mad about, worried about, frustrated about, that's not going well. Well, guess why? The reason that that sound is coming out is because that is what is inside. Okay, if you find yourself, maybe not all of your life, but right now in this season or in a different, a different time and in a different season, you find that, man, it seems like every time I'm talking, I'm... Doing this, this, this complaint, this whine, this cry, this ungratefulness is coming out of me. Well, guess why? It's not because of circumstances around you or life around you. It's because it's coming out of the inside of your own heart. That's where it's coming from. So how do you change that? We change it by focusing what both uh, Lucas and Madison were talking about is actually focusing on the goodness of God. Listen to the little guy. It's okay, buddy is by actually focusing on the goodness of God, what God's done in your life, and thinking on that, so that as you're thinking and meditating on it, it begins to store up in your heart, so that then you find yourself going around, and all of a sudden, you're talking, somebody's like, why do you seem so happy? Why are you talking about good things? Why is this going, I don't know. I'm not even trying. Well, no, you're not trying. It's just because that's what you've been thinking on and meditating on, and it's beginning to come out. It's beginning to be what you speak about. Here's a verse in Psalms 9. Uh, this is verse 1. It says, I will give thanks to the Lord with all of my heart. I will recount all of your wonders. It doesn't say I will give thanks with all of my mouth. Right? I mean, that's where the thanks is going to come from, right? But David says, I will give thanks with all of my heart. It's because of the same thing that Jesus was talking about. It's out of the heart that the mouth actually speaks. And so when we actually think on and meditate on and fill our heart with the goodness of God and the good things of God, what has he done? My, my life's a total disaster and everything's a wreck and I don't like Okay, that's great. Is there anything at all that God's done to be grateful for? Is there something to meditate on and think on in this moment? You know, Paul said that he's learned that in whatever state he's in, he could be content. He said, whether I'm abasing or abounding, whether I have a lot or a little, I can be content. In other words, it doesn't matter about my circumstance. I've learned to stop and focus on what is something going on right now that I can be thankful for. That I can be, uh, look at God and say, God, you've provided this. 
Paul found himself in prison. He found himself shipwrecked. He found himself being drugged out and beaten and thrown outside of cities to die. He found himself in all these scenarios. Yet he'd go, there's a way here for me to be content. I have to actually think about and look on the goodness of God in my life and find that. And if we're willing to do that, it begins to fill our heart. It begins to come out of us. That's the goal of the next month. The goal of the next month is to become actually so filled up with thoughts of gratitude and thankfulness to God that when we're at work, when we're talking to our family members, our spouse, when we're on our own, that we find ourselves actually just saying things that are uplifting and encouraging. Not because we're trying to, but because that's what's actually going on inside of us. And there's a good thing that's actually just popping out. Like somebody bumps into you and it's a good thing that comes out, right? You get in a work and, and work is too busy or too fast and everybody else is walking to the back starting to complain, but you walk to the back and go, man, we're so, this, God's blessing us. We have so much work. Like we're not gonna get laid off or fired. Instead of going back, oh, this is a terrible day. Look how worn out we are. And I was, but going back and saying, man, praise God that our, man, inflation and problems and layoffs, but our job is busy. Like we have an actual job to go to where we are talking about the things that are coming from a perspective of gratitude. The only way to get there is by actually filling our heart with that. So what I want you to think about uh, as we get ready to close here, what I want you to think about in your own life is what is filling your heart right now that might be leading to the squeaky sounds? to the whining, to the complaining, to the discouragement. Like, what, what's filling that reservoir so that that's being drawn out? They might be real things, but we still have a choice of whether or not we're going to allow that to be what fills our heart and our mind. Madison could have let just the stress of the finances, the stress of the moment, the stress of trying to be what filled her heart and her mind. That would have been all that came out. But instead, she's focusing on thinking of the goodness of God. Lucas was talking about allowing God to actually remind him of all that he's done for him and to pick him up when he was a mess and to clean him up and to do good things in his life. Well, that's important because it allows him now to have that be what actually is the lens he looks at the rest of his life through. Okay? But we all have that choice. So think about what are you allowing in your life, whether that's your music, that's your shows, that's the books you're reading, that's the podcast you're listening to, that's the friends you're talking with, whatever it is. What is contributing to a mindset of discouragement or negativity or complaint? And to say, you know what, I'm going to take this entire month thing. I'm going to actually fast that. You know what fasting is? Fasting is when you don't eat something, right? About fasting negative input. I'm not going to feed my mind or my spirit that for this next month. There's plenty of it to eat, and I can get fat on it later if I really want to. But for now, I'm going to take a month. Maybe my marriage isn't what I want it to be. Maybe my kid's not doing what I want. Maybe my parents aren't doing what they want. You know what? That's okay. Those problems will probably still be there in a month. But we could fast from them for a month and just say, you know what? I'm going to allow inputs of the goodness of God into my life. I'm going to think about what those things are. I'm going to think on them, and I'm going to think on them, and I'm going to meditate on them. I'm going to soak on them until when somebody bumps into me or when life throws me around, right, like that, it's going to actually be something good that comes out of me instead of something bad. Okay, and we have ability to do that by changing what the input is. So that's my challenge to you guys for this whole next month is to really say, I'm looking at all my inputs. I'm going to input good. I'm going to input gratitude. I'm going to input thankfulness. And allow that to be what works in your heart and 
What I have seen over and over again is even though we say all the rest of the problems will be there when we get back, that's true. But I see that we're oftentimes so changed by the time we meet those problems that how we experience them is totally different anyways. And we begin to overcome instead of get overcome. So let's pray. Let's bow our heads. Father, I just thank you for this time in your word today. And Lord, using uh, Lucas and Madison, Lord, to uh, express, Lord, who you are. Father, express, uh, Lord, the way that you want to interact with us, Lord. There's so much to be grateful for. I pray that you'd be with each of us. God, you said that you would send your Holy Spirit and that your Holy Spirit would lead us into truth and also be our counselor. I pray that you would lead each one of us this entire next month, Lord, into the truth of your goodness, into the truth of how you've provided for us, into the truth of how you watch over us, into the truth of how you've forgiven us, into the truth, Lord, that we don't have to worry or stress or be anxious, but Lord, that you already know what our needs are and you're already taking care of us. Lord, that we have more than enough. We have more than enough love. We have more than enough finances. We have more than enough food. We have more than enough shelter. Lord, even if other people have to help us at times, we still have more than enough because we have people to help us. Lord, we have all we need. Help us to have our mind on that. Help us to bring you glory in our words and in our actions and in our thoughts. Lord, we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. the next step and visit www.thebeatchurch.com and get connected with a community committed to applying these truths in their everyday lives. You can also give now to support our messages by visiting www.thebeatchurch.com give.